I'm Liren Garrahy, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to their no laughing matter moment in life. Well, my business was gone during COVID, so I didn't really have that to worry about. So I suppose things, certain things get put on the shelf. Yeah. And then you have to worry about something else. And I don't know, I'm just very like, I just roll with the punches. I've just been like that my whole life. Multi-award winning makeup artist Paula Callan is my guest this week. She talks to me about being an accident prone child, so much so that she knew the Temple Street doctors on first name terms. The terror of being in New York City during 9-11 and juggling it all as a mother of four. I hope you enjoy. Paula Callan, you are extremely welcome to the laughs of your life. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm actually laughing already. <laughs> no, I know. I actually nearly, I was like trying not to laugh getting through that. Oh, stop. Um, so I know you're a listener of the podcast. Yes. But I've also, I think, okay, so during COVID, in the kind of depths of lockdown, you and I decided to do a very fun thing every week where we did Instagram lives together where you directed me on how to do my makeup and you would either do it with me or you would already have it done or whatever. I never, ever could have anticipated how much of a, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Like how much of a highlight it became for so many people and for me. I know. Like when we, when we did it the first week, I thought it was kind of like a once off and we'd see how it went. And then it just became this thing yeah. that people so looked forward to. It wasn't just about the makeup. It was about our chats that we had. Mm. And I've always had such great chats with you. It wasn't just, you know, that was like a revelation when we started doing this. Anytime you've done my makeup or we've been around each other, we just have brilliant. Yeah, like we have the giggles. The gi- but also kind of <laughs> deep chats as well. Deep, uh, yeah, totally. About life and whatnot. Yeah, So. Do. I just want to say thank you. Well, do you know what? I wanted to say thank you to you because it was your idea. And everyone, like, obviously, since we've we've had the lives and everything, the amount of people that have come up to me and said it like, oh, my God, I loved your lives with Darren. And I'm like, do you know what? I can't even take credit because it was your idea. And do you remember my reaction when you asked me first? I was a bit like, oh, God, no, please don't make me do that. I can't, I can't. Yes. Like, I don't talk on, I like, before that, I wouldn't have talked on my Instagram. Yeah, I just yeah. showed, like, pictures of work that I did. And yeah. I'd kind of let my pictures tell the story. And I rarely said anything. I'm not, like, I'm not an out there kind of person. I'm kind of like an, I always say to people, I'm like an introvert extrovert. Yes. Because I'm not, I love socializing. Yeah. But I am quite introverted. Yeah. Like, uh, and as a child, everyone used to say I was so reserved. And I always have this thing where, and lately I've been hearing it so much that if you want to know the adult, you have to know the child. And I was so quiet. Like, honestly, I have a funny story to tell you about that, actually. Um, But you took me out of my shell. Really? Totally. You broke the shell for me when it came to Instagram talking because now I can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it is it's some it is like that. Because even yeah. for me, and I suppose people might think that I've been kind of doing it forever. It's what I always did. It took me ages to yeah. to finally and for me I suppose it was extra scary because it was impression. So it was like it wasn't just yeah. my own voice, it was 
but it does take a while to just break that yeah. barrier and make yourself. Know, and we made so many mistakes. So many. Like that was the funny thing. I think that's what everyone laughed at the most was that we just just kept going no matter how many mistakes we made and then like Maddie coming in and throwing things at you and like seriously it was like a comedy act and I was kind of just a part of it it was like oh my god what's happening here there was loads and my kids coming in walking past the camera I was like oh my god this is mortifying but that's because that was the most relatable part I'd say because everyone everyone could relate to that like whether you're working from home or doing zooms with your manager or whatever like there was oh there's always babies crying in the background yeah. like i stormed even only today paddy had a zoom and i stormed in and was like bertie my leaky baby <laughs> and paddy was like <laughs> everyone is doing that like a silent yeah. Your <laughs> yeah oh my god i've had a few of them as well my kids like oh. seriously but you know what it's the human side of people yeah. and yeah. i think that's what people like to see totally Okay, Paula Callan, your first memory of laughter. Oh, my God. Like I was saying to you earlier, I have I always thought I had a really good memory (laughs) and I can remember like situations like my mom will say to me, how the hell did you remember that? Like, that's unbelievable. Like things from being like a tiny toddler. But when I had to remember (laughs) the first time I laughed, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I know I laughed, but <laughs> like, I don't remember a certain situation. And then I was thinking it's kind of brought me back to like lovely memories of like my mom and her sisters. Like my mom didn't drive until she was, I think, in her 30s. So we walked everywhere. So remember, like it was me and my so my mom, we have six in our family, right? So it's three girls and then three boys. So it's nearly like two families. Yeah. A little bit like I and I'm second eldest. So I kind of remember things very differently as well. Certain things like but we would go to my auntie's. Um, my mom has a huge family as well. There's five girls in her family and three boys. So eight kids all together. And uh, we would they all lived kind of up around Bowmount and all Artain kind of area. So we'd go up and we'd spend every single day nearly with And especially like this is when we were babies, like and then when we started school, the summer holidays would be spent going on picnics and we'd have sleepovers all the time. And I just remember like there were so many grandchildren as well. Whenever we went to my Nana's house, like we'd all sit on the stairs and we have pictures, you know, the pictures like I don't know if other families do that, but we have to recreate them. And we did one when we were older in my auntie's house, because obviously my grandparents passed away now. God love them. But uh, we did a recreation of the stairs picture <laughs> with all of the nieces and nephews and, you know, their babies. And the, it was, I don't think there was enough room on the stairs. There's so many of us. I think there's like 20 something grandchildren no there's probably more I can't even think there's so many (laughs) but I do remember my uncle William he was just like he's the loveliest man in the whole world like he's a little doubt and we all adore him like the softest man in the whole world but he used to pretend he was a bear and we we'd all be like say there'd be cousins from all different families in the house right and he'd come in from work and he'd just go right, I'm going to get you. And he'd be like, but we'd be so terrified at the same time. But like in stitches, you know that like where you're laughing, but you're actually terrified. (laughs) 
we knew we weren't going to get eaten, but in you know, yeah. his him turning into this bear was like the most terrifying, exciting, but funny thing in the whole world. And I remember we'd run up into their bedroom and all hide under the bed like sardines. Like there'd probably be about like ten or twelve of us. <laughs> and he'd just lift up the whole bed no. and he'd be like, <laughs> We'd just be like, Rah! like little bloody insects running from every direction to try and get out of the, ba- the bedroom past them <laughs> but like I swear to god like that was probably one of the biggest kind of belly laugh things yeah. that we did as kids but any like I think any moment spent with like we were just like this massive big one family with loads of parents rather than they're my aunties and uncles yeah 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 and did you like that loved it loved it like my mom's family are so so close like still are yeah and they are like our other moms and dads and we don't kind of see a difference, I suppose. But it's amazing. I, I, we, all of our cousins were always in Clare, so we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time. But I always used to envy families like that yeah, who we would have... so close together. And, so close. And my cousin is nearly like my sister, my cousin Nikki. Like we'd be the closest in age, but we're like sisters. Even though I have my sisters, we're like sisters as well, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's mad. And so what were you like in school? Do you, were you, because oh obviously now you're <laughs> like you're, so from your job now, you would presume that you were probably good at art. I was, yes, I was so good at art. Yeah. That was probably, I'm not going to say the only thing I was good at, but <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I was recognized for, because mm. I was so shy and timid, like I, oh my God, this is actually a really sad story, but my mom and dad broke up when I was really young. Mm. And I remember my mom at the time, like parents didn't break up, you know, yeah, yeah. it was that long ago. Yeah. I'm so old. But anyway. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Um, yeah, they broke up. And I remember kids are so literal, like so literal. And she said, whatever you do, don't tell anyone. Because she was afraid because she's on her own in the house mm. with like kids and I suppose God love her. Like she was so young herself, you know, and these things didn't happen. She was afraid of like judgment, judging her and all this kind of stuff Mm. or even asking her questions about it. And when I think back now as an adult, I'm like, God love her. Do you know what I mean? It's awful. Whereas as a child, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is happening. Okay. Yeah. But her saying to me, don't tell anyone. I was so afraid of saying anything wrong that I didn't speak in school at all, like at all. I remember people coming up to me and going, oh, you're the girl who doesn't speak. And I'd be like, hmm. Really? <laughs> I turned into a mute, like, and I don't think my mom even knows this. She'd probably die if, I, if she knew. And so what age were you when they broke up? I was 10. So what were you like before that? Well, I would have been very quiet anyway. Okay. But then it became... A pro- like it intensified. Yeah, but I knew I was doing it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before I was shy, but I'd still talk to my friends. And yeah, I just remember like not speaking. I would I don't think we were even allowed to tell our cousins. And then that kind of caused a real, I don't know, like a weird gap in my life, I think, Mm. because being so close to my cousins and then thinking, oh, they don't know about this. Or do they know about this? I mean, it turns out they did, like, but right. they never said it to us and we never said it to them. And it was just a weird kind of situation. But I had this teacher in school called Mr. McLaughlin. And 
He was just the most amazing man. He, like, he, I think he knew something wasn't quite, I don't know, mm. that, like, why was I so quiet? And obviously talking wasn't one of my, you know, best points. Yeah. <laughs> like, I swear to God, if there was a question asked and I even knew the answer, I just would sit there going bright red and just being like, please don't ask me, please don't ask me, please don't ask me. You know, one of those, yeah. like, oh, my God, the pressure. Even now I'm getting stressed know, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, But he used to say to me, I have a project for you. And I'd be like, OK. And he'd go, I want you to make a poster for this thing or whatever is going on in the school or whatever. And he'd just let me draw like all day. And he Stop. used to say to my mom in, in parent teacher meetings, he'd be like, she's so quiet, but like the most gifted child in the world. He said, like, I actually sit there going, she draws a tree like an actual tree. He said every other child in the classroom draws a brown stick and a green, you know, scribble yeah, on yeah. top. And he goes, but she actually draws branches and then branches out of the branches and every branch has a leaf on it. And I was like, I never even thought about that. I just, it was just what I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I think my mom was so impressed with my drawings, like, but she used to think that I traced everything. She used to be like, oh, that's lovely. You know, this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And obviously she'd so many kids. She was probably like, oh, yeah, that's lovely. Whatever. Yeah, yeah that's lovely. Oh, thanks for that. Um, sometimes she mixes. Well, she calls us every name of like, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. have the same name yeah, and it's yeah. every one of our names mixed together. Yeah. But she, we were in my Nana's one day and I must have been very young. Because I remember her saying, where did you get that picture from? And I said, oh, I saw it in a magazine. My Nana always had magazines that she'd keep. And I think it was a picture of those, you know, those Love Is little cartoons. Oh, yeah. And I copied it. But my mom thought I traced it out of the paper, but I'd made it bigger. So I copied it, but made bigger. it bigger, like bigger scale. And she was actually, I remember her just being dumbfounded. She was like, you did that. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, what? And I remember that first moment of realising my mom actually realising that I had this talent. Gift. Yeah. And she was like, I just she said to my Nana, she was like, I just thought she traced this stuff. And she was like, she's actually drawing it. And I was like, oh, my God, she thought I traced it. OK. <laughs> and so what was so what was her reaction to that then? Was it that you should pursue it and this is amazing or was it kind yeah. of like oh that's great and no, no she, my mom she, yeah encouraged it you know what she's ne she, my mom's amazing like she has never been one of those parents to be like you know you need to study you need to do this you need, she knew that I wasn't that person yeah like I said to you today <laughs> I've never studied for anything in my life yeah. I'm such a winger person <laughs> <laughs> because I think if I have to remember something, it just doesn't yeah. go into my head. I can't retain information that has to be retained. Yeah. But then I have this amazing ability to retain non-essential rubbish. <laughs> like, and Oprah quotes. You're great Oprah, at Oprah quotes. Totally. <laughs> I remember someone saying to me, my God, you've got a great grasp of the non-essentials. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's such a good way of putting it. A great grasp of the non-essentials. Oh, I love yes, it. Yes, that was me. I don't know, I, I got so I got a lump in my throat there when you were talking about Mr. Oh. Was it O'Loughlin? Mr. McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Because I just I'd think... I'd love if he was listening and... But all, all it takes is one, one person. person. 
And that's what they say. Like yeah. one teacher, one person, one, it doesn't even need a neighbor, whatever, yeah. to just see something totally. in you. And and did that then? Well, he was the first person to see that. Yeah. And then my art teacher in secondary stu- school, Miss Kearns, from the moment I started secondary school, she was just like, oh, my God, you're so talented. And I was like so proud of myself because yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't not that I wasn't good at other stuff. If I'm interested in something, I'm so good at it. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love English and I loved history. And if it has a story, I, I just think that the way they teach things is so wrong. Mm. Like I, if I was teaching my like during lockdown with my kids, instead of doing schoolwork, I got them to do, you know, like projects. So one of them was they had to do a project on China. And my son, who's he's um, Asperger's, but like he's amazing, like he's absolutely unbelievably intelligent and everything. Mm. But he like memorized the population. He, and then I got them to talk about it at dinner. So it was like such a nice family thing to do where yeah. they did the project yeah. and then we all talked about it. He was telling me all the different languages they speak there and, you know, the population and the food they eat. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's amazing. I love that. Like, that's what I love teaching yeah. that way, you know, yeah, not know. just this is a list of things and you have to memorize them. I don't work that way. No. I have to. I'm so visual. And so many kids don't work that way. And yeah. that's why school just doesn't work for them. So it's going to be exactly. I don't know if we'll ever see it, but it would be so interesting to see in what ways kids have flourished by being at home and, yeah. and honing in on things that they actually are good at rather than the stuff mm. they're forced to do. And I'm totally. sure it will. Maybe it'll work the other way for some kids who maybe work better in school, but the kids who didn't, yeah. this is probably the first time there's ever been ever. a stint of time yeah. where they can... And Because like, I asked some, one of my cousins down in Clare, I asked him while I was down recently, because he has five kids, and I asked, oh how have you been getting on? <laughs> I was like, how's the, sc- the work from home? He was like, I don't want work from home. Aren't they, aren't they out in the fields every day? And like, totally, that's, that's so much better. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we did. We went for walks and did nature walks and obviously staying within the 5K. Yeah. Like I'm near to the beach and then we're near to parks. Yeah. And, you know, they were like bringing home leaves off different trees and yeah. figuring out which ones they came from. Yeah. And like, I love that kind yeah. of thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So for me, it was like, this is great fun. Then like doing a- jigsaws and playing yeah. games and dancing on TikTok. TikTok and TikTok you know, oh I am so bad at learning routines as well. <laughs> I'm so freestyle. <laughs> me too. You should see me on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> if there'll ever be a dance floor ever again. Oh, God. Okay, Paula. Kitchen dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first time you felt laughed at. Oh, God. Do you know what? I, I was thinking about this as well. And I was laughing to myself because I obviously have this thing where I can delete memories. Oh, yeah. But sure, that's like a human thing. You, you oh, delete, my God. You, I delete the embarrassing yeah. things. But I know there's so many of them, like so many, because I am a walking disaster. I'm not joking. <laughs> like, I'm so clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> my mom used to always say that she was like people just wouldn't believe like how clumsy you are they see you walk out of the house looking like the way you do and bloody tripping up over everything on the way out like I Calamity Jane was my nickname in my house because I used to like I was knocked down twice when I was a kid. no by a car stop it yeah 
once while playing kiss chasing well i didn't realize it was kiss chasing but then this boy who obviously was like after me or something went kiss chasing and i ran out between (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of like laughing like it's a funny thing but not so funny they didn't laugh i think i probably did but i remember just getting hit by the car and just running off with the man who'd hit me my sister and everyone from the green where we used to play running after me and you just kept running. I just kept running you really didn't want like, to kiss that guy do you know what it's like I suppose when you they say when you cut a chicken's head off it keeps running yeah. that's what I was like I headless chicken Paula I know and then I kind of collapsed be, like just before I got to my house and my sister was absolutely in bits like bawling crying and carrying me into the house with this man crying behind me and I was just like what's all the fuss about like what's going on it was so weird I just remember kind of waking up on my couch and all these people around me and were you concussed or what I'm okay (laughs) Jesus Christ Um, (laughs) what was the second time oh god the second time was actually by a bike it was outside um, the botanical gardens and we were just after with all my cousins again because we went everywhere together. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing was done unless the whole 40 of us were there. <laughs> but I went with my Auntie Anne over to a little shop to get ice cream. And then on the way back, we're carrying loads of ice creams for everyone else, you know. And I just walked straight out in front of this guy on a racing bike and it's kind of like a downhill. Yeah, yeah. So he was coming at speed. And basically the two of us, I must have been only about like 11 or something, but the two of us got entangled. <gasps> like his bike went over me and then he went over me, I went over the bike. <laughs> it just seemed like it went on forever. Holy. And then I remember when I got up, it was just like so dazed. He had, which I didn't even notice, but lost his front teeth. <clears throat> Yeah, and he must have been only a teenager, but like to me, he was a man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just kept going, is the man okay? Is the man okay? And my mom just picked me up off the ground and was like, oh, Jesus Christ, look at her face. And I was like, what's wrong with my face? And she was like, nothing. My mom's real like, it's okay. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> and what was wrong with her? Well, basically, the whole side of my face had been grazed off. Like, I was more damaged from that accident than the car. Because I think as a child, you're a bit like rubbery or something. I don't know. I didn't see the car coming. So I did was whatever. Yeah. But the bike, I kind of saw that coming and I must have like tensed up, tensed. But then because I was kind of dragged along, it was like I was my whole face was like grazed off on one side. And I remember going, obviously, when you're that age, you don't care about you're not there's no vanity or anything. I didn't even look at myself. I just remember the sting of it, you know, and the rest of me, I was grazed and bruised everywhere. And I just remember then going into the hospital, into Temple Street, where they knew my name, unfortunately. <laughs> they're like, oh, she's back again. What's wrong this Paula? time? <laughs> my mom was like, oh, my God, they're going to send child welfare after me. Like, this is ridiculous. And I, I remember, like, going, what, what do you mean? Like, because I knew it was just me, but obviously these things can happen yeah. where I don't know but I'm sure she probably was questioned on occasion <laughs> <laughs> she's broken what now okay oh how did that happen God. but yeah and I remember the nurse just looking at me and going oh Jesus Christ her face and then it, that was the second time I'd heard that in the in the one day like and I was going oh my god what's wrong with my face so I remember then like asking her can I see it yeah and she took out a mirror and 
put it to my face and I was like oh good god like I was just you know as a child yeah. I don't remember ever being like oh god my poor face yeah I was just like ow that's yeah. really sore <laughs> but the only scar I have left is this little tiny one on my eye which I can't even see I know so hang on we still haven't got to it the first time you've laughed oh my god did you feel me did you going, feel when I was a child I never talked I'm making up for it obviously <laughs> did anyway. you did you feel laughed at when you were hit by the car or the bike no, okay right good to do with good <laughs> ah Paul yeah. no the story is right because this memory came to me when I was in the car and I actually laughed out loud <laughs> I remember when we were kids do you remember Top of the Pops mm. For anyone that doesn't know what Top of the Pops is, I'm actually getting sore bones in my cheeks now. Um, <laughs> Top of the Pops was like music program, like chart show. Yeah. And we were obsessed. Do you remember? <laughs> we were obsessed as kids, but we would like dance around like idiots in front of the TV. Like I remember my dad just pissing himself laughing. But like... I don't ever remember being in a bad way. I used to think, oh, God, he thinks we're really cute or something. Yeah, yeah. But then one Christmas, Santa brought us the best present ever. Right. Go on. (laughs) It was leotards (laughs) and leg warmers. And like, you know, those wristbands? It was so 80s, like sweatbands for arms and our heads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, like I'm actually dying laughing. But my sister Yvonne always got yellow. I was so lucky my name was Paula because I always got pink clothes. Nice. And Olive, God love her. <laughs> she always ended up in blue for some reason. She <laughs> was like, orange. thanks mom. <laughs> yeah, you would think like, yeah. obviously, I don't know, maybe they didn't have orange anything back then. There was nothing that matched with O. So she ended up with the whatever was left. Right, right. <laughs> so I always got pink, which was like so cool. So remember, like the three of us dressed up in our leotards, like dancing like idiots around our sitting room. Right. And just I remember every time anyone would be in the house like there was always people in our house. They would just sit there laughing their heads <laughs> off at us. But we thought we were amazing. The biz. We probably looked like this, like, I don't know. Do you remember those little teeny boppers that they used to have? Yeah, what yeah. was that show? See, my memory is like <laughs> depleting <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> yeah, but that was a moment of being laughed at. But you guys had But fun. not even caring. Yeah. But in my life, honestly, I am a walking disaster. And that's why I was talking about getting knocked out. <laughs> no, they were good stories. But I actually, like, <laughs> I trip up on a daily basis. I'm sure people laugh at me walking down the street, like, constantly. I'm always falling. Every time I go to the gym, I fall off something. I've decided I can't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> I broke my excuse. toe a few weeks ago. Oh, great. Just walking into my kitchen. Stop. Like, seriously. Well, you look disaster. very well put together. That's all that matters. You look the part. It's all a facade. <laughs> okay, Paula. The moment when, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. Oh, God. Do you know what? I've so many of these as well. I think when you get to... I used to... I used to think when I was a kid, I can't wait to get older because everything looks so easy and it gets easier. I, why did I think that? <laughs> what the hell? Like, life is so challenging. Yeah. It's my new word. Yeah. 
like I said to you earlier on, I'm, I'm re- removing the word stressful from my vocabulary and I'm just going to say challenging because I find myself myself saying stressed all the time and it's just a really negative word, whereas yeah. a challenge you can get over, I think. Yeah. But I have one thing that sticks out in my mind of if I didn't laugh, I'd cry was I worked for Mac for nearly 10 years as senior artist and... It was the most amazing job ever. Like I traveled the world and honestly, I would still be in that job today. I loved it so much. Only myself and my husband at the time opened a salon, Brown Sugar. And uh, honestly, oh my God, it was so amazing. But I had a trip to New York in 2001, just after I got married. So I got married in the July and in the September I was going to do Fashion Week. So this was, I think, my first Fashion Week in New York, if I can remember correctly. And like I had done London a couple of times, but this time I was doing every city and I was so excited about it. And a couple of days into it, we had this massive storm um one of the nights and it was so bad like never seen rain like it in my life it was torrential and in september in new york it doesn't really happen because it's it's quite it's quite warm Mm. you know you go around in like t-shirts and shorts and stuff and all the shows are held in bryant park in the tents and uh It's just the most exciting time because everyone is in New York, like there's actors in, there's models everywhere, photographers, there's, you see like film crews on corners, like shooting stuff because everyone's in town. It's like, it's cheaper because like everyone's here, we can just shoot the commercial or do whatever, you know? Yeah. And this night um, we were doing a show and I was leaving the tents to go and do a show in a different place it was like in some underground car park or something because you'd have most of the shows be in the tents but some would be off in other places yeah and i remember gordon espinay who's like the head artist for mac globally he said to me oh you're on this show with me he goes why don't you get in my car rather get in a taxi and i was like are you sure and he was like yeah my god like it's me and my driver why wouldn't you come with me and Mm. i was like okay So on our way out, we were like laughing at the guys kind of using broomsticks to get the rain off the top of the tents, you know, because all the 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 roof of the tents were bellowing in Mm. with the weight of the rain. And anyway, we ran to the car that was parked right outside the pathway and then we kind of drove up and onto Fifth Avenue and you could see the Twin Towers and Gordon is on the phone to one of his friends and he turned around and he said, oh, my God. He goes, you should see the, the sky over the Twin Towers. I was about to do a Barbados accent there, but I just stopped myself. Because <laughs> that's where he's from. <laughs> I was like, no, don't do it. Don't. Don't do an accent, Paula. Um, but he was like, oh, my God, you should see the sky over the Twin Towers. It looks like the world is going to end. And he turned to me and he goes, Paula, what? look at the sky. And I was like, I know, I'm looking at it. That's mental. Like there was this black, black cloud covering the top of the Twin Towers. And I've never seen anything like it in my life, in any film or any picture. It was frightening. And we drove to our location and kind of didn't give it another thought. 
And then the next morning I got up, I was doing a show for Oscar de la Rente. I was so excited. I'm actually getting like shaky thinking oh about this. Um, and Vanya, who is one of the other senior artists from, I think she's from Australia, New Zealand. Gorgeous girl, absolutely lovely, lovely girl. But she was really ill. So she was in bed and she was, we were actually supposed to be going sightseeing that morning and we were going to go to the Twin Towers. But because she was sick, I swear to God, things happened for a reason. Because she was sick, they changed the schedules around and then I was put onto this show, the Oscar de la Renta show. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited because the makeup artist who was leading it was Tom Pichot. And I was just like, oh, I've never worked with Tom before. I'm so excited. He's one of my favorite artists, you know. So we all got to the tents and we were all setting up so early in the morning. And then after about an hour, it was really weird and eerie. Like, I don't know, like everyone seemed to be late, right, Mm. first of all. And then David, who is one of my other colleagues, we decided that we'd go and get film for the camera and get coffees for everyone because people were late late and there was the key artists hadn't shown and it was just a little bit bizarre anyway we walked out and up towards fifth avenue and there was this crowd forming and i was just like what the hell and he was like oh come on it's a movie they must be shooting a movie because fifth avenue is like cars zoom and pass like constantly Mm. you like you can't cross the road Mm. unless you go to like pedestrian lights you know And all the cars were stopped. The taxis and other cars had their doors open, radios on. It was like a scene from Armageddon. Like, it was just mental. And I remember going up to this guy and I just said to him, what's everyone, what's going on? Because I was afraid in case I walked onto a set or something. I said, is the road closed off? And he went, no. And I was like, what's happening? And he just pointed. And I just looked And I could see like this smoke bellowing out of one of the towers. And I just went, oh, Jesus Christ, like there's a really bad fire in one of the twin towers. And then I was like, oh, that explains why everyone is late. And, you know, obviously people are stuck in this mad traffic that's just stopped everywhere. So we didn't think anything more of it. We just thought it was a fire. So we crossed the road, went into Dwayne Reed's, got our film for our camera back in the day when you need to film for a camera. Yeah, yeah. And then we were like, we'll go and go to Starbucks now, which was on the other side of the street. And we had to cross back over. So I said to David, will we go and see if the fire has gone out? And he went, yeah, yeah, let's go have a look. So we went up and we're both standing there just staring. And then I could see what looked like a big bird. It's like it was, you know, it's far away, but you can see them. And I remember looking at this thing and going, what the hell is that? But it was, you, you wouldn't see it, you know? It was like coming in, but it was looked like it was bigger than the Twin Towers. It looked like a bird coming in, but then started, you could see the, the size of it then. And I was like, what the hell is that? So at this stage, no one knew what was going on. And I remember just seeing it hit the, what looked like the back and then the whole top of the tower exploding. And I just went, oh, Jesus Christ, like, what the hell? But it was so silent. This was the weirdest thing, right? It was silent. And then next of all, this noise came thundering down the street. 
And I remember that for like, sort of, like even now, I'm like, it really upsets me talking yeah. about it because, oh my God, it was mad. But I remember saying it to my dad afterwards and he was like, yeah, that's what happens when a bomb goes off that's kind of further away because light is faster than sound. Mm. You'll see it, but you won't hear it. Mm. And it was just that noise. I'll never, ever forget it. But next of all, we were grabbed by security from the tents because we had our our badges on. Mm. And I remember this this big guy, like big burly guy, just grabbing me and David, who's like little frail French man. (laughs) And he was like, kind of grabbed us by the scruffs of our necks and ran with us. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? And he goes we're under attack, we're under attack. Like, New York has been attacked, New York's been attacked. And I'm like, what? And he was like, it's World War Three, And I was oh, just Jesus. like, am I in a movie? Like, oh, I just, oh. and I remember just in my head, I went, but I'm only here to do makeup. <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> like, that's the thing that came out of my mouth. <laughs> no, but I was like, what am I doing here? I'm like, I'm Irish and I'm just here to do makeup. Like, I'm not ready for this type of thing. Oh, my part of that is but like mad. it was so frightening and the worst part like we were all kind of ushered back to our hotel like everyone was just I can't even remember it's like all loads of muzzle, muddled up memories of it but I remember seeing a policeman bawling crying just sitting on the pavement with his hands in his head. And I was just like, oh, Christ almighty. Like, these people that were supposed to be protecting yeah. us and helping we us. We should be looking to. crying. I'm yeah. like, oh, God, this is really bad. Like, And at this stage, we still didn't really know what was happening. And we didn't know it was an, a terrorist attack or, you know, an accident. But we knew it couldn't have been, like, two planes, you know. But we got back to the hotel and I went up to the bedroom the funny part of this story is coming. <laughs> I'm like, Paula, please. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I remember Vanya, who's in bed, she was, I was just like, get up out of bed, get up. We have to all go downstairs to the lobby. And she's like, what? what's going on? And I was like, the Twin Towers are being hit by two planes. We need to go. And she was like, oh, that's what your mom was talking about. She, I was like, what, what do you mean? She's like, your mom rang and said that <laughs> she was looking for you. And I was like, oh, my God. Because at this stage, like, all the mobile connections were mm. gone. All the landlines were being cut down, like, uh, cut off. Like, there was no way to get communication in or out. Yeah. So we got down to the lobby. <laughs> Next of all, like, everyone is just in absolute panic. It's been shown over and over on this massive screen in the bar of the hotel. I was just, like, bawling my eyes out. Just, what the hell? Like, I don't know what to do. Just absolutely feeling sick. Everyone was saying there's bombs going to go off everywhere that are going to detonate at different Stop. times. So it was like, I thought to myself, oh, my God, I'm going to die in New York with none of my family around me. Like, that's what I felt. And I know it sounds so traumatic now, but at the time, that's honestly what I was thinking. And I remember the guy from the lobby or from the concierge, this phone rang out of nowhere and everyone kind of stopped and was like looking, going, oh my God, there's a phone ringing. It was so weird. It was like one of those murder mysteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like silence. And then the phone. Oh my God. So he answers the phone and he went, oh, okay. And so he comes out and he goes, is there Paula? 
Paula Callan. And I'm like, oh God. Oh my God. Who the hell is that? And who was it? Your mom. My mom. <laughs> Trust Irish moms. Like, are you actually kidding me? I'm like going, oh God. So everyone is staring at me while I'm on the phone to my mom. And they're all like, what's she saying? As if she's like the voice from heaven or something. And I'm like, mom. I was like, how did you get through? All the lines have been like, like no one. There's people on, that can't even get like communication on computers and mobile phones. How did you get through? And she's like, I just kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And I was like, oh my God, you are hilarious. So I remember just being like, I laughed so much at that. And then normally she would be a Job's comforter, as she calls it, like she panics at the most ridiculous things. Like she's <laughs> such a panicker. So I would always judge a situation on her. Yeah. And she was so calm. She was just like, don't worry. Myself and your dad are going to get you out of there. It was like, whatever it takes, we're getting you out of there. And I was like, OK, OK, mom. OK, that's great. Oh, Oh, thanks so much. Okay, bye. <laughs> and then I was like, it's all grand. My mom's going to get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. And there I was afterwards going, what the hell? That <laughs> was she talking about? That is actually But you gold. know what? When I asked her when I got home, I was like, how did you keep it together? She goes, I don't know. Between a wing and a prayer, she was like, I was basically wanted to bawl my eyes out and scream like, but she said, I knew that I couldn't do that to you. Like, so she was just like, don't worry. We're going to get you out of there. Yeah, because who's going to help if she's about? panicking? Yeah. Oh, so, uh, sorry. That is the yeah, she's so trust <laughs> an Irish mammy to get trust. through. <laughs> <laughs> when no one else in the world can get through. I'm sure they probably had like the special forces like at her house or something like tapping into the phone going, how is she able to get through? That is this the is best. This is so weird. <laughs> That's amazing. The FBI. <laughs> the payoff. Obviously, I was gripped to every bit of that story with the payoff of the... Because I was like, where is the room for laughter here? I know. But it oh, is one of those it. moments, you know. But I honestly, I'm shaking after talking oh, about it because it just brings back... I had post-traumatic stress after. I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's awful. It was probably my moment of being so close to... I don't know to death but without being mm. do you know what I mean yeah yeah it was, yeah. It, it was a war zone yeah like I was only telling my kids the other day like there was tanks going up and down the streets and you know those stealth bombers like yeah. flying in and out of the sky yeah and it's like no one talks about that because everyone's so focused on the twin towers and and because people I mean, are traumatized you know I mean totally traumatized but I have to say, even though it was the worst situation, I was stuck there for a week after. But thank God I had my Mac team there. Like, they're able to make as well. I always think when something really terrible is going on, and especially Irish people, mm -hmm. we love a bit of humour. Yeah. And there's always a funny side to something. And I don't know, we just kind of had our little laughs about stuff, but cried in between. Yeah. and yeah. It's why it's why Irish funerals are so great. I know because right. everyone's sad, but like there's always room I for. I know because you're t celebrating a life, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. My God, madness. Okay, Paula, your no laughing matter moment in life. Oh God. <laughs> well, I thought about this for a long time because I didn't know whether I was going to talk about it or not. But 
I think it's kind of important to address things that are going on in your life that maybe other people don't really know about because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm such a private person. So for me, it's like talking about myself is a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> well, whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> but I think my no laughing matter is probably being single again with four children and kind of realizing this isn't where I thought my life was going to be. You know, I've already been through a divorce, um, a nine year marriage, and then my previous partner, we were together for nine years and we broke up in November last year. And yeah, it was a big, massive shock to me. Mm. A big, massive shock. Like, we still love each other so much. So, you know, it's, we'll still be friends always. And we have a gorgeous child together. And he is just, means the world as much as all my kids. Like, they all mean the world to me. But it kind of is that no laughing matter, you know, of just kind of reevaluating your life. And like, I just thought I'm getting married. Like, we're going to be together forever. We're going to grow old. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's not actually happening. And you're just kind of, and then COVID happening, my God. Not that I want to even talk about it, but that's been such a challenge, being single and having four children on your own to look after. Like, it's crazy. And a business. And a business, yeah. Well, my business was gone during COVID, so I didn't really have that to worry about so I suppose things certain things get put on the shelf yeah and then you have to worry about something else and I don't know I'm just very like I just roll with the punches I've just been like that my whole life and you can sense that from you mm. so much like there's just something about you and I know I mentioned this earlier that we we kind of have deep chats every now and then and Mm. about relationships and about life (laughs) and whatever it might be and whatever the latest quote Oprah said that we're both like oh my god I'm Oprah obsessed it's so true it's so true (laughs) or like Brene Brown or whatever these like deadly women there's just some there's just a feeling from you that no matter what is thrown at you or life deals you you're going to be okay. Mm. And I know you, that's probably sounds like a stupid thing to say because I'm sure there are days where you don't feel like you're going to be okay because we all have those days. Yeah. Yeah. But you're a pick yourself up, dust yourself off person. I am. <laughs> but are there days where you feel like, I actually don't know if I can oh dust my God, myself? Of course. Yeah. Like, of course. And, you know, I suppose I, I do give off that kind of facade to the world where everyone is just like, oh, it's Paula, she's grand. Like, you know, and... I do, I have this thing where I'm like, I'll just shut myself away and deal with my emotions myself. And then maybe that's from being a child. I don't know where you kind of go into my little shell of being a hermit for a while and sort myself out, listen to my podcasts. <laughs> yeah, your Brene. My Brene Browns, my Oprah's, everything, my Eckhart. Eckhart's. Eckhart. <laughs> Eckhart I love him. But you have... So I, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm, I'm like, it's like I've stalked your life. But you have so many people who love you so much. Aww. No, but you do. Like there are, there are people Thank around you. you who so want to be there for you. Yes, I and, do. And what do you, like I do, 
Do you reach out to those people or do you kind of go, no, I'm fine. Let me be my hermit for a while. Do you know what? I think I didn't this time. Yeah. I really didn't. And my friend, my my friend Kate, who's one of my best, best friends in the whole world is in L.A. So as much as she was trying to be there, it's mm. really hard. And at the time she was like, just get a flight, come over, you know, we'll just be together. And I, then all of this, like, I was just like, no, I'm not able for that right now. And mm. I suppose... I didn't use the people, not use them, but reach out. reach out to the people that I probably should have. Like, and all of my friends were like, will you just talk to us? And I was like, no, I just didn't want to. Yeah. You know, whereas now I'm a bit more OK that I can talk about it, I think. Yeah. And do you think that's a trauma thing of like, oh, God, is this happening again? Yeah. Yeah, because it kind of, you know, it did bring back. Yeah. maybe unhealed wounds from my marriage breakup mm. and yeah I found myself in a little bit of a like awful place but I went to a counsellor mm. and oh my god she was amazing like she's so amazing and it's not something that I would do and she was the only person I talked to I didn't talk to my friends and my family and it was a he- big help it was such a big help and then my sister, oh my God, she's so amazing. My Both of my sisters are amazing, but my younger sister, Yvonne, she had broken up with her husband like about a year and a half, two years ago. And we kind of like reconnected over that and then COVID and stuff. And mm. we just kind of built this new relationship where we had kind of not lost touch with each other because that sounds so silly, like we see each other all the time. But that kind of in-depth yeah relationship do you know what I mean mm. and we've bawled crying together and laughed so much together and you know we've kind of gotten each other through because there was things that she didn't talk about about her marriage but like I barely knew about it yeah. she's probably like me as well mm. when we've kind of realized that now we don't shut up <laughs> yeah now you're like okay so this morning I'm feeling she's like okay I don't, I don't care she's like okay whatever <laughs> but do you think that um both of your reactions and the fact that you bottled it up came from the fact that when you were kids yeah that's what happened then yeah and it was just history repeating itself totally and yeah. I, I do you know what's so funny because I I haven't listened to Oprah in a while and I don't know probably because I've been going through so many other emotions in my head with this it's so new you know and yeah I listened to one the other day and I always say to you that like whatever I go into on Oprah, it's always like it was just put there for me to listen yeah. to. It's like whatever I'm going through at that time, I'll go on to Oprah Super Soul Conversations and there's one there yeah. about this one was about relationships. Right? So it was called How to Find the Love You Want and Keep It. And it was this man called Harville Hendricks. Or Hendrix, is it Hendrix or Hendrick, whatever. Um, but I've actually downloaded his book onto audiobooks. Now it's kind of more for couples, but I would recommend every couple to get it because I've kind of realized that, I don't know, there's certain things that maybe I did in our relationship that, you know, I didn't realize I was doing. Mm. And then myself and Kev have like talked so much since mm. like we've become so close but in a different level yeah. like we're such good friends like honestly he's an amazing guy and we've said to each other like you know 
we'll always be in each other's lives. But I was even telling him about this book. And he says, which I was saying to you earlier, I've been hearing this so much that if you want to know the adult, you have to know the child. And it keeps coming back to me in different things. Like I've heard it. I've binge watched Lebs Go Dating the last <laughs> Yeah. last few weeks just it's like you know when you have nothing else to watch and you're like oh watch this it's funny. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they keep talking about it as well and I'm just like it's so true yeah like if you know the child then you will understand the adult and I honestly think that's the way I treat things because I did that as a child I think that's what I do as an adult it's mm. like just don't talk about it yeah you'll get through it you know and obviously I have this mechanism of being able to do that mm. but I needed a little bit of help this time yeah and that's why I went to see the gorgeous caramel <laughs> oh my god she's amazing but yeah I suppose the message is to just if anyone is going through something like that a challenge just, yeah, not, a not challenge, stress yes a challenge <laughs> is to talk to people mm. And I probably shouldn't bottle it up, but I don't. I do it for a certain amount of time, but then I'm like the floodgates open, you know. And that's fine. Yeah. And then I just don't shut up, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> so as an adult, I'm like, please shut her up. She's like a Furby. Put her to sleep, for God's sake. <laughs> well, speaking of people and reaching out and whatnot, who is mm. the person you always laugh with, Paula? Well, first of all, I have to say my four kids, like on a daily basis I crack up laughing at them like whether they do something that isn't intentionally funny and I'm just laughing at them yeah (laughs) god love them (laughs) or if they're like today actually it was last night Caleb he's oh my god he's just mad like he got a new phone for his communion and uh, I don't know whether it was the worst thing in the world that we did but (laughs) he's now on whatsapp (laughs) And he's also on TikTok. So he found this TikTok of someone pulling their toenail off. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Which I cannot cope with anything (laughs) squeamish. Like if I see blood, I faint. Like I, oh my God, I don't know how I'm a mother. Like, honestly, I'm just like, oh God, get away from me. (laughs) If they come in with a cut knee, it's like, I'm the worst. (laughs) It's like, mom, I cut my finger open. Oh, talk to someone else, please. (laughs) (laughs) But he sent me this video and I was like, Caleb, no, no, please don't make me look at that. It's disgusting. So he thought this was hilarious and sent it to me about 85 times. No. So I'm like, stop doing that. Like my phone is just like the same video over and over and over. But when my phone goes to my WhatsApp, it saves to my my camera. No. So I'm like haunted. It's attacking you. And then he started again this morning and then got Eli involved in it. So the two of them have been like bombarding. I bet if I turn on my phone now, there'll be 85 more messages of this freaking toenail. Oh my God. Been peeled off. Some, oh, can't actually Trolled by your own family. Trolled by my kids, yeah. (laughs) But the other person, I mean, all of my friends make me laugh, but proper belly laughs. I probably my friend Billy. Oh, like, Billy Orr. Billy Orr. Legend. I say to Billy that like if he was straight, we would be married. I'm like, <laughs> we're perfect for each other. We have the same birthday. Stop. The exact same birthday. Well, Mad. except he's younger. I just don't, I don't tell people that. No, part. no. <laughs> just same day. Yeah, like, born no, same, same day. day. <laughs> we're twins. But yeah, we're so alike, but so different. Like even he came over on Saturday night. 
And I was I was just supposed to be staying in on my own, like with Caleb. And he came over. He was like, oh, I was doing hair in the corner. I'll pop in for some food. And he came over and he made me do this personality test. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it wasn't supposed to be funny, but we were just like cracked up <laughs> laughing at this thing. <laughs> Caleb was like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> but like he just gives me belly laughs like. He's I can so see that. Funny. I can see how he would. He's a funny yeah, guy. Yeah, he is. Okay, Paula, a time where you had the last laugh. This is weird. Like, not weird, but I... I don't... I know you have people who say this all the time, mm. that they don't like to have the last <laughs> laugh, but honestly, I'm... I am one of those people. I don't like that. No, you're allowed, because I can see... Yeah, you're yeah, not that because kind of even the amount of people, like, through stuff that's happened to me, I like... Obviously, I don't talk about it. Like I said before, like I've had so much stuff happen. Challenges, let's say. Yes. We're not saying stresses. No. Challenges in my life. <laughs> but um, I honestly, even when people say to me, oh, karma will get them. I'm just like, oh, please don't say that. Because yeah. I don't want to. I think even thinking that is just not nice. Mm. I don't want to think that because something bad happened to me it's going to happen to another person that's mm. not how I work I'm so forgiving like probably to a fault where it used to even annoy Kev like where I'd be like you know what it doesn't matter and I always think that if you hold hatred or a feeling of wanting to get back at someone in you it only hurts you and not the other person. So yeah. I don't have a last laugh moment because I don't, I don't really care that much. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way. That's perfect. You don't care enough to. Care yeah. Enough. Just keep that's moving that, forward. I just wanna, like, I just want to be nice to people. And I'm all like, oh, do you know what? Like, I probably, people probably think, oh my God, she's just full of shit. Like, no. But honestly, my whole life, my mantra is like, do unto others as you want done to you. Mm. And that's my mom has always said that my mom is the exact same person as me. Like we are two pieces of the same cloth. Like and my mom has never, ever wished badness on anyone. She's been through her own stuff as mm. well. Like I t said to you earlier about, you know, the breakup and all of that kind of stuff. And I mean, she just take stuff on the chain and she's just so happy mm. she's so happy in life and I just like I'm just like I want to be like that you know and she brought all of us up the six kids on her own mm. obviously my dad was there my dad is great and everything but it's those moments like you know I have two dads in my kids have two dads and they're great parents and you know all of that stuff so it's not I'm not saying like I'm doing everything alone. No, but it's those moments when you are on your own mm. and you're just like, I've no one to bounce this off or no one to ask for, you know, it's that parenting thing. And I suppose I've always kind of thought like because I've come from that broken up family, I never wanted it. Mm. So that's why I downloaded that book. <laughs> I'm thinking third time lucky. <laughs> that is the answer. That is the yeah, answer. So Harville's going to help me. Harville. Good man. Maybe Harville, Harville himself. Oh, no, he's like 85. <laughs> ah, Paula. Come on, we won't rule out anything. He's actually looking good for 85, I have to say. I'll be like DMing him later on his Instagram. Hey, hey Harville. Love the book, WB. 
Amazing. Okay, Paula, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? Talking. Definitely. Yeah. And I talk. <laughs> I talk nonstop. Really? Yes. Did Interesting. You it's probably the longest <laughs> podcast we've ever done. <laughs> and there I was saying to you this morning, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> Just don't rehearse, Paula, and you'll, you'll, you'll just be wing it. I wing everything. <laughs> what about makeup, though? Makeup? Yeah. Well, you know, yes, putting on a good face and, yeah. you know, yes, that's really good. <laughs> but talking is probably the best medicine. But I do, I talking and makeup, because honestly, they're my moments together. Yeah. When I do the most talking. Yeah. Because, like, I love doing weddings. I love being part of someone's big day. And it's, like, the most special day of their life. Yeah. And then even my assistant, she's like, Jesus Christ, you talk a lot. And I'm like, do I? And she's like, you never shut up. And I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, it takes you hours to do makeup because you just keep talking and laughing. And I'm like, oh, God, I know. Have you really missed weddings? Yeah. I have missed weddings. Oh, it's so I know. sad. I feel so sorry for brides. Like I've, you know, I've had a few kind of trials since people rescheduling and all the stories that I'm hearing are just heartbreaking. It's so sad. They're just like, oh my God. Like the stress of a wedding anyway. Mm. And then on top of it to have this where it's, they just don't know what's happening next. It's and like, then, well, we're planning for here, but yeah. we don't know if it's going to go ahead. And, and then people, I think the worst part is people who maybe it was due to be in March or April and they pushed out to like September, October and they yeah. still don't know. I know. What they're, oh God, I, my heart goes out to them. And then like another lockdown and... I know. Oh, it's so tough. I know. I'd say you can't wait to get back to that. But you, you're allowed paint faces these days. I'm allowed to paint faces, yeah. yes, with the mask on so that kind of shuts me up a little bit. But anyway... <laughs> I need to No wonder some... I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> Can I get my makeup done with you soon? Oh my God, Yes. Okay, we'll book something. Anytime, my God. Okay, just for fun, it. let's just video it. Yeah, okay, I'll do a bridal trial, even let's though I'm not <laughs> in when you're engaged. Okay, totally. Shall Patty? we? <laughs> Patrick! <laughs> Shall we do a quick fire round? Yeah, go on. Okay, Paula, the actor you always laugh at. Uh, I love Amy Schumer, but yeah. I love Goldie Hawn. So the two of them in a film together, you know that film? And what is it? What, what, I can't even remember again? the name of it, but it's, it's not train wreck, funniest. it's the other one. No. Oh, Come on, help us out called. here. <laughs> oh, God. Shane is going to have a little Google there. Um, <laughs> Amy the Schumer. film. What? Snatch. Snatched. Oh, my God. I haven't seen funniest. it. Is it good? Oh, my God. You have to watch it. Okay, I'll watch that. Goldie Hawn is like the overprotective mother. <laughs> and she's just like, she's like a teenager. Oh, only she's in her 30s. And she's just such a child. She's just like, Mom. It's so funny. You have to okay, watch it. That's on the list. The comedian you always love it. You. What? <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh, fantastic answer. You make me laugh so much. Oh, thanks, Paula. On a personal level. Do you know what I mean? See, yes, you. Definitely. Oh, my God. It's so nice. <laughs> I'm like, what's your real answer? <laughs> that's my answer. Okay, great. And then finally, your best or worst joke. Oh, God. I hate this. Do you know what? I am such a bad joke person because I laugh at situations and right. not jokes. Like, even if I look at someone doing stand-up, I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love, that's why I love you because you, you make a situation funny. So, I don't know. Well, you have so two little joke. boys, so you must have, they must Well, I'll tell you a, chi- a child's friend. Yeah. yeah, go on. <laughs> she's laughing before she's laughing. I'm laughing because, like, <laughs> 
Eli made this joke up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually so clever. Go on. He was like, why did the horse cross the road? Why? To go and see his (laughs) neighbours. That's perfect. That is the perfect best or worst joke. I like kids jokes. Oh I don't gosh. like those dirty jokes no, no, or no, no. crude, vile. I'm no. just like, that's so funny. No, we're ladies. Yes, we're ladies. Paula Callan, thank you so, <laughs> so much for sharing the last of your life. Thank you. So much fun. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Paula Callan. I hope you enjoyed it. So many great guests to come this season. So don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review and all those other things. This podcast is brought to you by Collaborative Studios. Mm-hmm.